Fred McFeely Rogers was best known as Mr. Rogers, creator, host, writer, composer, and puppeteer for the longest-running program on PBS, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. His journey to the neighborhood began in 1951 during his senior year at Rollins College when he became intrigued by the educational potential of television. After graduating with a degree in music composition from Rollins, he joined NBC in New York as an assistant producer for the Kate Smith Hour, The Voice of Firestone, and the NBC Opera Theater. In 1952, he married Joanne Bird, a pianist and fellow Rollins graduate. Returning to his hometown area of western Pennsylvania in 1953, he helped found Pittsburgh's public television station, WQED, and co-produced an hour-long live daily children's program, The Children's Corner, for which he also worked behind the scenes as, as puppeteer and musician. To broaden his understanding of children, Fred Rogers began his lifelong study of children and families at the Graduate School of Childhood Child Development in the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. There he had the opportunity to work closely with young children under the supervision, supervision of Dr. Margaret B. McFarlane clinical psychologist. He also completed a Master of Divinity degree at the Pittsburgh Theological Seminary and was ordained as a Presbyterian minister in 1963 with the unique charge of serving children and families through the media. Fred Rogers had has been the recipient of virtu virtually every major award in television and education. He has received honorary degrees from more than 40 colleges and universities, and in 2002, was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor. In 1971, Fred Rogers founded Family Communications, Inc., FCI, a nonprofit company for the production of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and other materials. Building on its beginnings in, the, in broadcast television production, FCI has expanded into almost all forms of media. Print, audio, video, training workshops, the internet, DVD and traveling exhibits. For more information about family communications, visit the website www.fci.org. The company's ongoing work continues to be guided by Fred Rogers' mission of communicating with young children and their families in clear, honest, nurturing, and supportive ways. Fred Rogers passed away on February 27, 2003. And that gives a little bio as we continue to go through this book that I started last week titled The World According to Mr. Rogers Important Things to Remember by Fred Rogers and last week we went through the forward which was written by his wife and then we did section one which was titled I'm looking for it here the courage to be yourself. And we went, we went through those. I mean, I went through them pretty briefly. I was going to start uh, giving my example of why certain uh, certain quotes of his, certain sayings of his, uh, I felt tied to and why I felt it was significant. But as I continue reading, I'm sure you could tell that I just stopped doing that and I just read them so that uh, right, well, more it it just felt appropriate, and then as as I as I finished up and I closed it out, it it made sense because like well, 
I mean, I obviously have my take on on the material that I bring to the to this podcast. Um, but as I, I like I said, as I continued reading, it just made more sense just to read what he's saying and really try to focus on what he's saying. And this next section is titled "Understanding Love," which uh, it's very, I mean, obviously very well written, but. It was one that I I enjoyed reading it, and it's like, oh, man. So so we're going to dive into that, Understanding Love. Um, we're going to continue on this book for these next couple of weeks. We have two more sections to do after this one. And then um, while I'm doing this, I am working on getting some people back on here. Not Maybe not necessarily all new guests, but so maybe bring some people back, like Jace, trying to get JC back on. Uh, trying to get in contact with him, and then um, a couple, at least one new guest, which you'll get to hear from her at some point, hopefully soon. After uh, I don't know if it'll be her and then JC or vice versa, but either way, uh, that that's what will be coming up. And with that being said, I want to dive into understanding love. Understanding love is one of the hardest things in the world. Love isn't a state of perfect caring. It is an active noun like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is, right here and now. It's the people we love the most who can make us feel the gladdest and the maddest. Love and anger are such a puzzle. It's hard for us as adults to understand and manage our angry feelings toward parents spouses, and children, or to keep their anger toward us in perspective. It's a different kind of anger from the kind we may feel towards strangers because it is so deeply intertwined with caring and attachment. If the day ever came when we were able to accept ourselves and our children exactly as we and they are, then I believe we would have come very close to an ultimate understanding of what good parenting means it's part of being human to fall short of that total acceptance and often fall short but one of the most important gifts a parent can give a child is the gift of accepting that child's uniqueness it always helps to have people we love beside us when we have to do difficult things in life Forgiving and forgetting are often paired together, but the one certainly doesn't necessarily follow the other. Some injuries, real or imagined, we may never be able to forget, even though we say we've forgiven them. Other injuries, we may never even be able to say that we forgive. Those are the ones, it seems to me, most likely to involve people we've loved, and so I am inclined to look at what our experiences of forgiveness may have been like from the first people who loved us. The first time we required, required forgiveness, we probably did something we shouldn't have when our closest grown-ups thought we should have known better. We made someone angry. We were to blame. What did the first brush with blame be begin to teach us? If we were fortunate, we began to learn that to err is human. 
Even good people sometimes do bad things. Errors mean might mean corrections, apologies, repairs, but they didn't mean that we as a person were a bad person in the sight of those we loved. The second thing we learned, if we were fortunate, was that having someone we loved get mad at us did not mean that person had stopped loving us. We had their unconditional love, and that meant we would have their forgiveness too. One of my wisest teachers, Dr. William E. Ort, told me, There is only one thing evil cannot stand, and that is forgiveness. Competition is a part of our everyday life, whether we're competing for a job or on the soccer field or for love. There are many kinds of competition, to be sure. But I don't think that love does have something to do with all of them. But I think that love does have something to do with them all. In fact, I believe that if we've ever wanted someone's love, then we've known what competition really means. From the song, It's Like You. It's Sorry. From the song, It's You I Like. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now. The way down, the way down deep inside you. Not the things that hide you. Not your toys. They're just beside you. But it, it's you I like. Every part of you. Your skin, your eyes, your feelings. Whether old or new. I hope that you'll remember, even when you're feeling blue, that it's you I like. It's you yourself. It's you. It's you. I like. There's something unique about being a member of a family that really needs you in order to function well. One of the deepest longings a person can have is to feel needed and essential. The gifts we treasure most over the years are often small and simple. In easy times and in tough times, what seems to matter most is the way we show those nearest us that we've been listening to their needs and to their joys and to their challenges. I received a letter from a parent who wrote, Mr. Rogers, how do you do it? I wish I were like you. I want to be patient and quiet and even-tempered and always speak respectfully to my children. But that's just isn't my personality. I often lose my patience and even scream at my children. I want to change from in, from an impatient person into a patient person, from an angry person into a gentle one. Just as it takes time for children to understand what real love is, it takes time for parents to understand that all that being always patient, quiet, even-tempered, and respectful isn't necessarily what good parents are. In fact, parents help children by expressing, expressing a wide range of feelings, including appropriate anger. All children need to see that adults in their lives can feel anger and not hurt themselves or anyone else when they feel that way. Forgiveness is a strange thing. It sometimes can be easier to forgive our enemies than our friends. It can be hardest to all, of all to forgive people we love. Like all of life's important coping skills, the ability to forgive and the capacity to let go is of resentments most likely take root very early in our lives.
Mutually caring relationships require kindness and patience, tolerance, optimism, joy in the other's achievements, confidence in oneself, and the ability to give without undue thought of gain. We need to accept the fact that it's not in the power of any human being to provide all these things all the time. For any of us, mutually caring relationships will also always include some measure of unkindness and impatience, intolerance, pessimism, envy, self-doubt, and disappointment. In times of stress, the best thing we can do for each other is to listen with our ears and our hearts and to be assured that our questions are just as important as our answers. The greatest gift you ever give is your honest self. It's not always easy for a father to understand the interests and the ways of his son. It seems the songs of our children may be in keys we've never tried. The melody of each generation emerges from all that's gone before. Each one of us contributes some unique way of unique way to the competition of composition of life. Learning and loving go, in ha go hand in hand. My grandfather was one of those people who loved to live and loved to teach. Every time I was with him, he'd show me something about the world or something about myself that I hadn't even thought of yet. He'd help me find something wonderful in the smallest of things. And ever so carefully, he helped me understand the enormous worth of every human being. My grandfather was not a professional teacher, but the way he treated me, the way he loved me, and the things he did with me served me as well as any teacher I've ever known. You bring all you ever were and are to any relationship you have today. In the external scheme of things, shining moments are as brief as the twinkling of an eye, yet such twinklings are what eternity is made of. Moments when we human beings can say, I love you, I'm proud of you, I forgive you, I'm grateful for you. That's what eternity is made of. Invisible, imperishable, good stuff. We need to help people to discover the true meaning of love. Love is generally confused with dependence. Those of us who have grown in true love know that we can love only in proportion to our capacity for independence. Love is like infinity. You can't have more or less infinity. You, and you can't compare two things to see if they're equally infinite. Infinity just is. And that's the way I think love is too. Listening is a very active awareness of coming together of at least two lives. Listening, as far as I'm concerned, is certainly a prerequisite of love. One of the most essential ways of saying I love you is being a receptive listener. Listening is where love begins. Listening to ourselves and then to our neighbors. When we love a person, we accept him or her exactly as is. The lovely with the unlovely. The strong along with the fearful. The true mixed in with the facade and of course 
the only way we can do it is by accepting ourselves that way. And that concludes the little bit by Mr. Rogers. And it's it's funny every time I say Mr. Rogers because the first person I think of is my band director from high school who is also Mr. Rogers. And in retrospect, a lot of similarities in the nurturing and at least keeping that important, even though it, it, it was direct contact with him. And I, you've heard me and Brian, you've heard Brian talk about him and we have Frankie Gomez on here as well. But it's, uh, it's interesting how people care for other people. And I don't, I don't know, myself included, but my statement is going to be, I don't know if we realize that enough. And hopefully, maybe we can realize a little bit more and and not wait too long to say thank you or take it, maybe take it for granted if we're in the moment and wanting maybe wanting to learn or, or, or someone wanting to teach us something that they've learned in their past, from their past or from their experience or whatever it is. Like Mr. Rogers here in this book said, you know, his grandfather taught him as much as any, any actual quote-unquote teacher taught him. Um, any, anybody that he's ever known. But I want to leave it there. We can keep this one nice and brief. And uh, see you guys next week. You guys can contact me always. I try to, I've been trying to make just more comms, period. Uh, me and Brian had a conversation, I think it was a few days ago or so, where conversations in person have be, are starting to become a little. I don't want to say easier, but maybe just better structured, more more meaningful. Probably be a better way to say it. Um, but it's, it's just an observation that that we agreed upon. It's like, man, yeah, it, it's it's a lot easier to talk over the. Let me talk in person for the most part. If if the, if the material is relevant, obviously, um, but talk in person and then, or rather, instead of uh, instead of like texting all the time or whatever. I even call myself calling on the phone too. I mean, not too many people. Like, I, think, I think I call my cousin and maybe like my parents more often. Uh, as far as like talking on the actual phone versus like oh, sending, waiting for a text. It's like, well, let me just call him. It's going to take a few seconds probably versus waiting for a new or waiting for the next text to be back and then reply again and blah, 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 and back and forth. By the time we know it's been 15 minutes when it would have been a shorter conversation or maybe uh, – could have been a more productive conversation. But anyhow, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I never I never said the handle, but twi- Twitter, Instagram, main ones, Andy underscore 1844. I'm on there pretty often. I've, uh, I had deleted my Facebook app and then I re-uploaded it. It's like, oh, I needed, it for, I needed it for this thing. I deleted it again. So that's where I'm at. I'm working at it, trying to, maneuver through this stuff and substitute my seconds on Facebook for a little more productivity. That being said, we'll see you guys next week.